Welcome to the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Amy DeLashmet. On today's episode, we're joined by Kate Ringstead, the Transition Alliance Coordinator. We're going to have an amazing conversation about TAP, why transition planning and education is so important, what families and students need to know about these services, and most of all, how TAP helps students. All right. Well, Kate Ringstad here on the Amazing Education Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Um, Kate is the Transition Alliance Coordinator. So we are here to talk about the Transition Alliance Program, or sometimes we call it TAP. So if you hear us say TAP, you know we're talking about the same thing. Tell us, what is the Transition Alliance Program? All right. So the Transition Alliance Program was started at Ames High in 2019. Um, It's an opportunity for students who are identified as having a disability. Now, that can be um, they have an individualized education plan or what we call an IEP. They have a 504 plan or they have another type of documentation just showing that they have a medical diagnosis that might create a barrier for employment. So the Transition Alliance Program really is focused on that transition piece from high school into whatever comes next. So I work with students who are like, I'm going to graduate and I want to go straight into work. I want to graduate and I want to do a, I want to get my CDL, Mm -hmm. Um, community college, university, um, trade programs, I cover the whole gamut. But that end goal is, okay, what are you interested in? And a lot of times I get students that are like, I have no idea. Sure. Um, So then it's a matter of, okay, let's figure out what you are interested in. We'll do an interest inventory, figure out what careers match that, and then we'll do some exploration, whether that's looking up information on those jobs, going and job shadowing someone. Yesterday, I actually got to take a student to uh, job shadow a taxidermist, which I had never done before. Wow. Um, so that was actually really <laughs> cool. Um, and it was super in-depth. The um, the taxidermist actually said to the student, like, this was the highlight of my week. Like, And, of course, the student was like, this is amazing. Oh, that's awesome. So there's a there's a partnership with Iowa Vocational Rehabilitation Services. Um, tell us a little bit about how that partnership works with TAP. Okay. Um, so ironically, well, not ironically, um, coincidentally, I was actually the voc rehab counselor over there before I moved into this role. Okay. So that's how I found out this role existed. Um, vocational Rehabilitation Services um, is all about helping individuals with disabilities overcome barriers to employment. Um, so that involves, you know, managing your disability, talking about those barriers, figuring out different resources in the community that you can have in place just to help support you. Um, and they're all about either obtaining, maintaining, or advancing in employment. So they're more yeah. of a long-term service that we get students connected with while they're in TAP um, when they okay. get to the end of their high school career. Okay. So we've we've talked a little bit about TAP and students and um, just various resources that they can take advantage of. Um, So when we talk students, what kind of age range are we talking when we're thinking about TAP? Um, So I can start working with students as young as 14. um, And then the the oldest age that I work with as part of TAP is 25. Okay. So if a student is in TAP while they're in high school and they actually decide to apply for services with vocational rehabilitation services, um, TAP is able to follow along with them until they turn 25. And that's regardless of whether or not they've 
they're still working with VR at that age or if they've successfully closed their file in their, in their employment setting. So um, there is a long-term resource. Yeah, and that's wonderful to be able to keep going. I'm sure students um, get a very comfortable, um, easygoing dialogue with you. So it's nice to keep having that as they progress, even outside of what might typically be their high school years. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have students right now that are at University of Iowa. I have a couple that are at Iowa State. Um, I even have one that is in the Council Bluffs area. So it's cool to like keep up with them and find out what they're doing now and still get to like support them in that role yeah. in that transition. Yeah, that sounds really rewarding to be able to um I know for some teachers, it's kind of hard. You feel like after they graduate, then, um, you know, you might lose touch or not really know what's going on. So it's probably a very rewarding experience for you to be able to keep following along for a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. So why is transition planning and education so important to students and families alike? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of reasons. Definitely. Uh, The biggest one, my high school actually had a TAP program. Um, They ran... One of their programs that they ran was our Java West. So it was the coffee shop that we had in the school. Oh, sure. Um, So biggest thing is it gets students who might be spending the majority of their day in special education around their peers. It gets more exposure. Um, Students are creating more relationships with one another. Mm. And there's just more visibility. So that's probably one of the more crucial components. Um, Iowa is an employment first state. Mm -hmm. So I believe that everyone... Um, is able to obtain employment with the right supports. So that transition piece is really important for that. Um, There's definitely been parents that I've sat down with and they're like, well, what do you think they can do? And I'm like, anything they want. Let's talk about what they're interested in. They love like organizing. They love, you know, that there's uh, different like work experiences that are set up in some of the resource plus and the Mm -hmm. learning um, classrooms. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, they they come in and that's the first thing they do in the morning. Like there are jobs out there that do that exact thing. Um, So, I mean, there's that piece of it. Mm -hmm. There's also just like, I had no idea when I was in high school what I wanted to do. I changed my major five times in college. Um, I mean, it stayed around the same sector of human services. It was just, okay, what does that look like? And do I want to go to grad school? Yeah. Um, So... Just having the opportunity to sit down and be like, okay, what classes are you enjoying? What experiences can we get for you before you graduate? Mm -hmm. And then when they get to high school graduation, they've got at least a plan. Yeah. Um, And they've had some experiences. And I think for me as a person who would have benefited from these services in high school, like being able to get those job experiences and connect with employers Mm -hmm. is probably that biggest, coolest piece in my part. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's important yeah. because everyone has a life after high school. <laughs> very true. That is very true. Yeah. Um, so how early should uh, parents or even students consider uh, utilizing the TAP services that are available to them? Uh, so I'm definitely working on getting more of the outreach as they're getting to the end of eighth grade, because as soon as they're 14, they can start working with TAP. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely getting those things in place. And that looks different every year of school. So sure. freshman, it's going to be more of that exploration piece, just kind of 
dipping your toes in a little bit and figuring out what's exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, So one thing that I've been setting up this school year is I have employers come in and just talk about what they do. Um, So I invite all the students in TAP and then I extend it to the rest of the school typically Uh as well. Um, They come in and they get to talk with employers. Um, Usually the employer is giving a presentation and then I ask them to bring something hands-on because lecture style is very common. (laughs) Sure. Sometimes (laughs) we have different learning styles. You're exactly right. We have to think about those people that listen from or learn from listening, but some learn more from the hands-on and some learn more just from uh, what they see. Um, So the visual aspect of what's going on. Yes, very important. Various learning modalities. That's what I'm always asking employers. I'm like, that's super great that you have a PowerPoint deck. Can you also bring like Bring what you guys make. So Dan Foss brought a 3D printed model of one of the hydraulic pumps that they make. And then students were able to pull it apart and look at the insides. Um, They got to see like die casted pieces of things. Um, When we had Story County Medical come, um, they had um, lanyards with their stuff on them. They also had videos. They had a nurse that came with them. So like they got they got a lot of different experiences that way rather than just yeah. like a PowerPoint slide with some words on it, a couple of pictures. Yes, it's a great opportunity, and we we know that engagement piece is yep. really what sticks yep. with most people. Um, and and you want to know a little bit more about the hands on, yep. um, and what a better way to learn about that than seeing it from someone firsthand. So gosh, what a great opportunity that you're providing to students. Um, so when we're, we're thinking about services, um, what kind of IEP considerations um, do, do need to be taken into account when thinking about TAP? Um, so there's a portion in the IEP, the living, learning, and working. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm really collaborating with teachers on that. Like, hey, I have their interest inventory. Here are the things that they're indicating they're most interested in. That's come in handy for both the IEP as well as planning some of the courses that they take. Yeah. Um, So I know there's been several students that have gotten into like marketing and selling, the entrepreneur class, woodworking, just based on conversations that we're continuously having. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. always cool. That is, that is very cool to see that. And um, these presentations just sound amazing. So People should be taking advantage of these yeah. um, when they're available because what a great way. And and you just said when you leave school, um, it's hard to know what you want to do. There's this vast world out there for you to explore. And it's hard to narrow that down to just one thing. You feel like you feel confused Um, and you feel like you want to do a little bit of everything sometimes, but you know, you can't do a little bit of everything. So what a great option to be able to see some of these things hands-on. That's, I'm just excited to hear about that. And, and I hope our listeners are excited to hear about it too. I think that's a wonderful opportunity. Um, So, you know, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, the interest inventory and working with teachers and things like that. So um, tell us if, you know, what kind of differences in instruction that there might be for students? Yep. Um, So the TAP program um, has, we call them five service delivery categories. So the first one's that job exploration counseling. That is the interest inventories, talking about things, talking 
with employers. Um, the second category is going to be the work-based learning experiences. Mm -hmm. So that is the chance to get out in the community and do the things. Um, so going and job shadowing a taxidermist or yep. um, I've taken students to Story County Conservation to learn about what park naturalists do. And um, we've gone to art galleries. We've talked with artists. We've talked with um We've talked with Dan Foss about manufacturing and engineering. So there's a lot of that that happens in that work-based mm -hmm. learning experience. And I, I feel like that's when I see a lot of that like aha moment for students where they're like, sure. yeah, I can see myself here. Like, yep. Yeah, it's a lot easier to see yourself here when you know what it looks like. That's a really great point because sometimes our viewpoint of what happens um, is, is sometimes a little bit of what's popularized. So what you see on TV and, um, you know, maybe what you see in various social media. And so it is nice to be in that firsthand because it's not always like what you see in uh, sort of non-realistic yeah. uh, perceptions. So. Yep, definitely. Um, I, the, there has been there have been students in the past that have come to me and they're like, I want to be a nurse. And then we do an interest inventory. And they want nothing to do with blood. And I'm like, um, how about like medical adjacent? Yep. <laughs> like, what about like working in a lab where you're not drawing the blood from someone, but mm -hmm. you get to run the tests and figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And some students, they're they're more that investigative mindset. And they're like, yeah, that is. Yeah, that's it. I can do that. And I'm like, yeah. Yep, that exists. <laughs> Let's shut up, set up a job shadow. Um, so yeah, that's that. That's that second category is sure. learning experiences. Counseling on opportunities is mm -hmm. anything post secondary schooling. Okay, uh, so filling out FAFSA, applying for scholarships, mm. going and doing college tours. I have a couple students that were actually going to go tour University of Iowa in like three weeks. So we get to spend a whole day in Iowa City yeah. learning about their. It's two students that really want to go into nursing. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah, that is very exciting. Um, fourth category is workplace readiness training. That is all the things that help get you prepared for work. So mm -hmm. mock interviews, filling out applications, having a resume and cover letter, soft skills. So like, how's your communication? Uh, how's your hygiene? How um, how do you introduce yourself? What's your handshake like? Because handshakes are coming back. <laughs> Th that's true. They are they are making a comeback. <laughs> you know? um, and then lastly, we have self advocacy instruction. So, what accommodations do you have in the classroom? How does that translate into adulthood? Whether that be going to college and getting you connected with student accessibility services, mm -hmm. um, or talking with your employer about, hey, I need I need covers for my lights. Like bright lights just drain me. Yeah. Um, or hey, I need I need a little bit of more flexible scheduling. I need to be able to take a break. Here's the rationale for why. Um, so that self advocacy piece is really just being comfortable asking for what you need mm -hmm. and knowing how to do it in a professional setting. And that sounds all of these crucially important. But that one really um, it, it makes your ears perk up because. I think that's a skill that not all of us go into adulthood with. It is very hard to advocate for yourself, um, let alone when maybe you you have some specialized services um, or you you just you need to be able to ask for what it is that you need. That it's wonderful that students are getting this skill to be able to do that. These are resources available everywhere, whether in the workplace or on a college campus, and 
it's always disappointing to hear somebody didn't know mm-hmm. or didn't know who to ask. Yep. So it's it's great that they are leaving with that skill set. Um, and if I were a parent listening right now, I would just feel so much more at peace to know that there's an opportunity for this to happen um, and to make sure that my students asking for what it is that they're needing. Um, So such an important skill set. So as we know that students transition throughout um, and when they're in the workforce. Um, So let's talk a little bit about um, that focus on continued growth after they're out of high school, um, they're in maybe a secondary education setting or in the workforce or whatever they decide to go into. Um, Tell us a little bit about that focus on their continued growth, even as they're beyond high school years. So if they're enrolled in a post-secondary education program, um, those transition services, those pre-employment transition services, so we call them pre-ets, those those can continue until they turn 22. Okay. Um, So I can still be working on all those things with them. That's where I'm helping, you know, I have a student who is in an architecture program. So we set up a job shadow with an architect. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we know, there's, there's a million different opportunities within a field. So getting opportunities to job shadow different architects. Yes. Um, I've helped my college students work on their FAFSA because they mm-hmm. have they have mom and dad's tax return and mom and dad are like you can do it and they're like I don't I don't know how to even start reading this mm-hmm. um, and I'm like yeah I've been there um, if yep. my dad hadn't sat me down at 16 and been like do your own taxes and TurboTax it would just look like a bunch of numbers on a page it would um, yeah so transition services once they're out of high school really focus more on like okay if you're in if you're in a post secondary training program um, you still have those pre ed services if you're not that's when we move into more like job assistance, job placement. Mm -hmm. So filling out applications, talking with employers, um, working on those soft skills to feel comfortable reaching out Mm -hmm. and initiating those conversations. Because yeah, you can turn in an application, but if they get 100 and then they only reach back out to the people that follow up, um, that's a big skill that is nerve wracking. Um, it is. Calls can be terrifying where you're just mm-hmm. like, hey, um, so I'm looking for a job and like, are, are you guys hiring? And depending on who you talk to, like it, you never know what you're going to get. So very true. That that initiating piece really becomes a lot more of the focus. Like, yes. OK, so I helped you while you were here at Ames High and now you get to advocate for what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be here to kind of point you in the direction, but it's more led by the person. Yes. Yes. And it, it sounds like a lot of uh, some behind the scenes stuff going on with a lot of those soft skills, mm-hmm. um, even just how to initiate a conversation or how to ha- how to call and ask a question in a manner that's understood. Um, those are such important skill sets that sometimes get overlooked or um, we just race through them so quickly that it feels like, okay, we're prepared. Um, So it's a good thing to keep continuing because um, as we work with students in the future, that's it's important for them to make sure that they can adequately communicate um, and, and know how to be able to do that. And especially the phone. Um, (laughs) 
the phone because you can't see facial expressions. It is. And the phone can be a scary thing these days, um, especially if, you know, some of our high schoolers growing up with not ever really even calling friends. They have entire conversations um, centered or FaceTime or, I mean, you know, centered around a, a mobile device. And so always good because yep. you you can't uh you know facetime a potential employer um and you typically can't text them or um you know you might be able to direct message on their social media but still yep. great idea to know how to ask yep, absolutely yes and it's really what's really cool is when i'm seeing students start reach out reaching out to me more and saying hey kate here's what i'm really wanting to work on and i'm like that's a skill in and of itself the fact that you're reaching out to me, yes, knowing like, hey, she might be able to help me with this, like that—that's step one. Yes. And then it's then it's a matter of like, yes, it feels silly to role play these conversations, but when you're in them and you get super nervous, you have something to draw off of that you didn't just type out and write. You've said it out loud. Exactly. It is that ability to to practice what you're going to go into. And you said it perfectly. It feels silly. Mm -hmm. um, I've engaged in a lot of role-playing activities. And yeah, you you feel absolutely silly. But it's so important because when you're in that moment, it's hard to know how you're physically going to react. Sometimes you have a physical reaction yep. um, or you get very nervous or you know, your mouth is dry or you're, you're just not really sure what to say. It's nice to have that moment that, okay, we can practice a little bit. And then it doesn't feel quite as nerve wracking uh, when you're out there in that, that actual setting. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what types of different, you, you talked about the, the five transition services available, but talk about like how these might look different for different individuals and families. Yeah. Um, so when they're when they're early on in their career, that's when we're focusing more on those those group activities. So getting them to come in and just talk with employers. Um, I'm also setting up individual meetings to specifically talk about what they're interested in and what they need. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of group instruction around workplace readiness skills. Um, sure. So I have visited with the special education classrooms. Um, I've worked with the night school program. Um, just, you know, as many of those areas as there's a need. Um, and then with families, um, last fall we hosted a family information night. We brought in Voc Rehab, um, Iowa Vocational Rehabilitation Services, and had yep. them talk about their services. We had their benefits planning resource manager come in and talk about applying for Social Security and mm -hmm. navigating guardianship. Um, ChildServe presented on waiver services, which some of our students um, need and you know mm -hmm. benefit from. Mm -hmm. And then we also had CICS or um, in our realm, we call it kicks, you know, because this mm -hmm. even make a K. Uh, so <laughs> um, and they are a wraparound service that's regionally funded to provide um, supports either when an individual is on a waiting list for waiver, because, mm -hmm. you know, there are some that have a two to four year waiting list. Yes. Um, or, you know, if, if they don't meet certain criteria for waiver, but there's still a demonstrated need there. So that can mm -hmm. be mental health supports. That can be employment supports with having a job coach go along with a student. Um, 
that needs more of that, that individualized instruction just to either set up their workday and figure out what their plan is or actually going through and learning the tasks. And mm-hmm. that is one of those services that can be there more long term, but it can also be one of those things where we introduce it and then we slowly, you know, pace back and give mm-hmm. more independence to that. Student. Yeah. Um, so that we got a, a we got a great turnout and we got a lot of really good feedback on that. So that's something that we're wanting to continue with families. Um, also, you know, I attend, I attend IEP meetings. So I, mm-hmm. I get to talk with parents there and say, hey, these are the things that your child is saying they're interested in. Um, what feedback do you have? You know, um, here are, here are the, here's information about what we can do after high school if this mm-hmm. is something that you're wanting to continue. Um, so it's, it's really a lot of a lot of group, a lot of individualized, and also a lot of just communication. Yes. Um, and you know, my background is in this exact thing. I have my master's degree in rehab counseling. Um, and it's funny because during my career counseling class, which was my first semester of grad school, I basically created a TAP program as my group project that semester. And my professor at the time was like, well, why don't you go out and do this? And I was like, I have no idea. And then when I landed this job, he was like, yeah, I figured that's where you would end up. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, well, that worked out, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so like I, I spent a lot of time in grad school figuring out what resources are out there. Mm-hmm. I, I worked with Voc Rehab during my internship, and I, I learned a lot of things there with what does exist, what isn't out there, what do we still need? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I moved over to this position, it just made sense to be like, okay, I know these things. I know how to communicate this with families. Now, how do we how do we fill what still is needed? Yeah, that's a it's that's a really excellent point to keep a keen eye on those things because I'm sure you do experience some gaps once in a while in services and what's available. Um, so, what would you want employers to know about TAP? Hey, we love having work experiences for our students that might be your potential employees someday. Okay, um, so you heard it, employers. Keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, any opportunities that we can create to like partner, um, if there's things that we can set up in the classroom so that students can get those hands-on experiences that maybe you know fills a need for what they're needing in whatever business mm-hmm. they're in. Um, I know there are other TAP programs that, like, they roll all the silverware for the restaurants. Um, oh, sure. And, and they do things like that. There's also, you know, um, putting together certain pieces that go into manufacturing. There, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many opportunities that are just untapped. Um, oh, yeah. We could probably sit here and have a whole conversation just about all of those potential resources out there. Yep. So. Yeah. Anything anything that an employer is thinking like, hey, maybe I could collaborate with an area high school, um, just give us a call. <laughs> we would love to partner. Yeah. And really, if you think about it from an employer's perspective, this is an excellent opportunity for them to tap into a, a potential employee who is, um, I mean, has been through a really excellent process to determine this is something that they're very interested in doing um, and has some of those soft skills that sometimes we're looking for um, in certain areas. And so it's, it's an excellent opportunity. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Employers need to keep this in mind and 
Um, if you're wanting to reach out to Kate, her information is available on our website. So um, it's a great opportunity yeah. to reach out and, and connect with these students um, and keep them in the Ames area too. Yeah. I'm sure some of them um, aren't always looking to move out of the community. They might be looking at what's available to me right here. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I hear from employers is like, I can teach them skills. Like, bring me someone that has the soft skills that can communicate, that can show up on time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, th those are all things that we're working on. So exactly. Uh, it, it really is a no pun intended, untapped opportunity that we have. It really is an untapped opportunity. Yes, yes, definitely something to keep in mind for our community. So, uh, you know, let's say parents in our community, where would they start if they want to know more about TAP or have questions? Um, so I'm, maybe my like Google is biased, but um, <laughs> you can really just type in Ames Community School District TAP program. And we have um, like a section on the web page that talks about you know how you're how you're eligible for tap mm -hmm. what what wraparound services are available afterwards and then at the very bottom is all my contact information um so you can reach out to me via email um you can also text or call um my cell phone texts do go to my laptop so that that is very helpful <laughs> um but yeah no just reach out um i am happy to set up a meeting with a parent that's wanting more information mm -hmm. um, i've done that plenty of times and I will continue to do that just because I think it's it's one of those cool resources that might be you know Ames best kept secret but I'm gonna make it loud so that it's yes a secret. we don't want it to be the best kept secret so we'll keep talking about it so everyone's aware of all the excellent resources including tap that we have available in our schools so Kate as we wind down What's that final thing that you want our listeners to remember as we walk away from this conversation? Just if if you're sitting and listening to this podcast and you're like, wait, so like here's these five categories, but can you do this? Um, just reach out and ask. Um, I tell students that all the time. I'm like, if, if you think, hey, maybe Kate can help me with this. I mean, most of what we're doing is tied to employment in some way. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, daily living skills, like you have to be able to master those in order to maintain employment too. Correct. Um, yeah. Very so correct. There, there really is like, I mean, there's some limits, but like there's a lot of potential for things that TAP can assist with with students. So um, yeah. if you're if you're a parent and you're listening to this, if you're an employer and you're listening to this and you're just like, I don't know how to navigate this aspect, just reach out. There's always a resource. And if I don't know, I'll go find somebody that knows. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I feel like we could sit here and we could probably talk about this a lot longer. Um, so we might have to have you back and we'll do a, a secondary podcast at some point. But Kate Ringstead, thank you so much for joining me today on the Amazing Education Podcast. Um, if you want to learn more about TAP, you can find that on our website, which is aimscsd.org. But again, Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Great information that we were able to share today. Awesome.